0: Christians and Jews may not agree on everything, but one thing that most of us agree about is that we are living in the prophetic times described by the Bible. On today's podcast, we're going to explore how end time prophecies are unfolding in our own times and what that means for us in our personal lives. We'll begin with verses from the book of Exodus that describe how God redeemed Israel from Egypt, and we'll uncover what those verses tell us about the times we are in now. It's such an exciting time to be alive, and on this episode, we're going to talk about all the reasons why. Every week, Jews around the world read and study the same Torah portion known as the Parsha. This week's Parsha is called Yitro, which is the Hebrew name for Jethro, and it covers chapters 18, 19, and 20 in the book of Exodus. In the first chapter of the Parsha, chapter 18, we learn that Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, joined the Israelites in the desert and that he gave Moses valuable advice about how to lead the nation. In the final chapter of the Parsha, chapter 20, we read about God's revelation at Sinai and the Ten Commandments that he gave to Israel. The middle chapter of the Parsha, chapter 19, is a sort of prelude to the revelation at Sinai. In this chapter, the Israelites confirmed their desire to become God's people, and God told them how to prepare for the day of revelation. The verses that I want to explore today are what God said to the Israelites right before they confirmed their willingness to enter into a covenant. They're verses four through six in Exodus 19, and I'm going to read them to you now. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations, you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. In these verses, God reminded the Israelites about how he redeemed them from Egypt and told them that if they were willing to obey him, they would become his treasured people. Now, as you've heard me say many times before, there are no extra words in the Bible. Every word of God has meaning and significance. So the rabbis wondered why God specified that he took the Israelites out of Egypt nisharim, on eagles' wings. The verse makes perfect sense without those words. So why were they added? And what did God mean by eagle's wings in the first place. As far as we know, the Israelites walked out of Egypt. They certainly didn't fly. The rabbis explained that the term al kanfe nisharim, on eagle's wings, is a metaphor for how God protects and saves his people. Most birds carry their young in their claws in order to protect them from high flying predators that soar above them. But no bird flies higher than the eagle. The eagle's only threat actually comes from below, from men who can shoot arrows from the ground. So it carries its young on its wings where they are safe from any danger. The eagle acts as a shield for its young. If anyone wants to attack the eagle's children, they have to deal with the eagle first. Like an eagle, there's nothing above God. And like an eagle, he lovingly shields his children from all danger. When God took the children of Israel out of Egypt, he placed the pillar of cloud between the Israelites and the Egyptians According to Jewish tradition, when the Egyptians shot arrows at the Israelites, they were stopped by a pillar of cloud. God was a shield for his children and protected them from all harm. The message for us today is that God can rescue us, his children, from any difficult situation in our lives. Like an eagle, he can carry us up and out of our troubles. There is no problem, no person, and no circumstance that is bigger than our God. He is more powerful than any challenge, and he can protect us from all harm. In our verses, God reminds the Israelites of how he saved them from Egypt on eagles' wings. And in the same way, we need to remember how we've seen God's miraculous salvation in our own lives. We tend to forget all that God has done for us, but when we make it a point to remember how God carried us on eagles' wings in the past, it will inspire our faith in him for the future. That's the first lesson that we can learn from our verses today. But there's another idea that I actually want to explore with you. The term Al-Kanfen-Sharim, on eagle's wings, can be understood as a description of the redemption from Egypt. But it can also be seen as a prophecy about Israel's future. According to Jewish tradition, everything that happened in the first redemption, the redemption from Egypt, hints at what will happen in the final redemption. So just as God rescued Israel on eagle's wings then, He will rescue Israel on wings of eagles in the future. And you know what? That future is already happening now. Chapter 40 in the book of Isaiah is all about Israel's final redemption. The last verse of the chapter reads, Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. This is from verse 31. And in Isaiah chapter 60, we come across a similar imagery in another prophecy. Verse 8 says, Who are these that fly along like clouds, like doves to their nests? Almost 800 years ago, a Bible scholar named Rabbi David Kimri explained that this verse refers to the Jewish people who were exiled from the land of Israel, but will return in the future. I wonder what this meant to Jews for thousands of years during the exile. How did they understand this verse 2,000 years ago or even 200 years ago? How could they have understood the idea that one day, how awesome is this, Jews would fly among the clouds like doves flying home? But today, it's pretty clear. We are witnessing the ingathering of the exiles in our times. And most Jews returning to Israel are coming home through the miracle of flight. Could it be that the wings of modern day airplanes are the wings of eagles that the Bible prophesied about? There are definitely some people that think so. Let me tell you an amazing story. After the state of Israel declared independence in 1948, many Arab nations responded by attacking their local Jewish populations. As a result, many Jews escaped to Israel. Some were able to travel on foot, but there were many who couldn't make the difficult journey. Israel set up rescue missions to bring those Jews home. Operation Magic Carpet was one of those rescue missions. Starting in the summer of 1949, one year after Israel was established, Israel secretly airlifted 49,000 Jews out of Yemen and 380 flights over the course of the year. When the Jews being rescued boarded the planes to Israel, they were sure that Messiah, Mashiach, had come. Some of them had never seen airplanes before, and to them, these were the eagles prophesied about in the book of Isaiah and mentioned directly in Exodus. To the Jews of Yemen, those airplanes were God's eagles carrying them home. And they weren't completely wrong. Although the Messianic era hadn't begun, they were experiencing the miracles foretold by the prophets thousands of years earlier. The Jewish people are on their way home, and like eagles, they took flight. And since so many people associated the rescue mission with biblical prophecy about eagles' wings, the name of the operation was officially changed from Operation Magic Carpet to Operation Wings of Eagles. And that's still how it's remembered to this day. Every time I think about this story, I get chills over my whole body. To think that we are witnessing the prophecies that were written in the Bible thousands of years ago in our own lifetime is just mind-blowing and inspiring. And here at the fellowship, we are blessed to witness biblical prophecy come to fruition every single day. When my father, my Abba, Rabbi Echiel Eckstein, of blessed memory, began the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews in 1983, the main project that he was focused on was Aliyah, bringing Jews home to Israel. He actually called the project On Wings of Eagles because he understood that this work was both biblical and prophetic. And for almost 40 years, the fellowship has continued to bring Jews to Israel from the four corners of the world. In 2021, despite the pandemic, the fellowship brought 5,000 Jews from over 30 different countries home to Israel. Through our program on Wings of Eagles, which is very appropriately named, new immigrants land in Israel almost every single day. And sometimes you'll find me broadcasting live from my Facebook page when I greet these Olim, these new immigrants at the airport. Some of the most incredible moments in my life were spent standing on that tarmac in Tel Aviv at the airport, witnessing the ingathering of the exiles before my very eyes. I stand there in awe every time as I see the Aliyah flight landing in Israel, full of new olim, full of new Jews from all four corners of the earth. And when I see them from distant places like Ethiopia, the lost tribe of Dan, disembark the plain, kiss the ground of Israel and cry tears of joy. Wow, that is something that never stops inspiring me and reminding me. That God is here. God is in charge. And God's word is forever. The fellowship has been bringing the Jews of Ethiopia home to Israel for decades. And in 2022, we are working with the government of Israel to bring home every last one of these precious souls who are in great danger right now because of the civil war in Ethiopia. But what makes the Aliyah of Ethiopian Jews so exciting is that the Jews of Ethiopia, as you heard me reference earlier, are the remnant of the tribe of Dan, one of the previously 10 lost tribes. The ten lost tribes were exiled from Israel so long ago in 722 BCE, about 800 years before the kingdom of Judah was exiled. And many people believed that they were gone forever. 2,000 years they were missing. But in recent years, the tribe of Dan has resurfaced in Ethiopia. The tribe of Manasseh has been located in India. And Jews from the most remote places in the world are returning home. God is gathering the exiles just as he said he would. In Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 4, God promised, Even if you have been banished to most distant land under the heavens, from there the Lord your God will gather you and bring you back. And in Ezekiel 39, 28, we read, Though I sent them into exile among the nations, I will gather them to their own land, not leaving any behind. Consider these numbers. In 1840, only 6,000 Jews managed to live in the Holy Land. In 1917, when the British government announced their support for a Jewish homeland at the Balfour Declaration, 60,000 Jews were living in the Holy Land. In 1948, when Israel declared independence, 600,000 Jews lived in Israel. And today, there are over 6 million Jews living in Israel, which is almost half of All the Jews in the world. There is no doubt about it. We are witnessing miracles and prophecies in our times. The in gathering of the exiles is the most prophesized event in the Bible. And the fact that we are watching it happen in our lifetime should affect how we live our lives. I'll explain what I mean. Since the fellowship is so involved in bringing Jews to Israel, I often meet with the government's minister of Aliyah, the minister of immigration and integration. And I have to say that the fact that Israel devotes an entire government ministry to overseeing the immigration of Jews from the four corners of the earth, fulfilling biblical prophecy, is truly amazing. And equally amazing is the fact that the current minister of Aliyah, Penina Tamanoshata, is a product of one of Israel's rescue missions to bring Jews in danger home to Israel. Let me explain. Penina, my dear friend and amazing servant of the people of Israel, was born in Sudan, Africa, and she is part of the Ethiopian Jewish community descended from the tribe of Dan. When she was just three years old, Penina was brought to Israel, along with her father and brothers through Operation Moses. Operation Moses was a covert operation that brought 8,000 Ethiopian Jews to Israel with the help of America from 1984 to 1985. It was stopped abruptly when the secret operation became known and Penina spent her years separated from her mother. But eventually, Israel managed to bring her mother home to Israel in another daring and dramatic rescue operation. Today, Penina is a minister of Israel's parliament and helps bring even more Jews from around the world home to Israel. She has earned the honor of becoming the first member of Knesset of Israel's parliament of Ethiopian descent. And after years of working together, she has really become one of my personal friends. One time after a meeting with our colleagues, Panina and I took a break to catch up with each other. We discussed our personal and professional lives, and then Panina asked me a question. She wanted to know what advice I had to offer her as a woman in a leadership position that could be very demanding. As soon as Panina asked her question, I knew exactly what to answer. It is something that I say to myself when I need encouragement or inspiration. I told her that even though our jobs often revolve around numbers, statistics, budget, and deadlines, we can never forget that we are involved in prophetic, godly work, bringing prophecies of the Bible to fruition. And I told her about how inspiring she is to me as someone from the once lost tribe of Dan, now serving as a leader in the Israeli government. I told Penina, how at times stepping out of our mundane day-to-day tasks and into the larger picture of what we are accomplishing is what encourages me and keeps me going. I said to her, never forget where you came from or the future you are helping to create for all of Israel. Later on that day, when I was thinking about my conversation with Panina, I realized how much that message applies to all of us In our daily lives, we can easily get bogged down by our tasks and worries, especially with all of the uncertainty in the world right now. But when we step aside and look at our lives from a greater perspective, we can appreciate that we are living in amazing times. The ingathering of the exiles is just one of the prophecies we are seeing in our lifetime. But there are many prophecies unfolding in our time. I'm going to mention just a few. We're seeing the land of Israel, which was desolate for thousands of years, blossom and bloom, as was prophesied in Isaiah 27.6. We've seen the forgotten language of Hebrew come back to life and become the dominant language of Israel once again, as was prophesied in Zephaniah 3.9. And we're seeing the rebuilding of ancient Jewish cities that were once decimated, but are thriving again in our times, as was prophesied in Isaiah 61.6. There's so much more, so much more prophecy that's happening if we just open our eyes to it. When we see the larger picture, suddenly the small problems in our lives don't feel so big anymore. And when the news and media gets us down, we can stay in peace because we can clearly see God's hand in the world, making everything work out according to his plans. In spite of all the challenges we face, we are truly blessed to be alive today. For such a time as this, as is said in Esther 4.14. One message that God is speaking to us these days is to hold on and to have faith because he is on the throne and everything is exactly as it should be. We are in the end times and the only thing we need to worry about is whether or not we are right with God. But another message that he is laying on the hearts of so many of us these days is that we are called to be his partner in fulfilling biblical prophecy. God's prophecies will come to fruition no matter what we do. But in his infinite kindness, God allows us to be his partners in prophecy. And one way that he does that is by giving us the opportunity to help bring his children home. That opportunity is what gets me out of bed each morning and gives me the energy to do my work at the fellowship. My father taught me never to see my work as a burden, but as a privilege. In Isaiah 49, the prophet tells us that in the end times, the nations of the world will help bring the Jewish people home. How amazing is it that we can bring prophecy to life? I want to end by telling you about a special person who took this message to heart and played a huge role in bringing prophecy to fruition. In 2007, a sweet woman who is now our good friend got in touch with the fellowship and told us that she wanted to help bring a hundred Jewish people back to Israel. Now, that isn't a small or easy goal, it costs a lot of money to bring that many people to Israel, and this woman isn't very wealthy. But over the years, she sent in small amounts of money whenever she could. And over time, that small amount grew into one large amount. This year, 14 years after our good friend began working towards her goal, she finally met it. When I called her a few weeks ago to tell her that she met her goal, she cried. She said, now I can go to the Lord and tell him that I did my best. This phone call is even better than winning the lottery. I was completely blown away by this godly woman, by what she accomplished and her joy in doing her part in bringing prophecy to fruition. It was another reminder that we are living in miraculous and prophetic times, that the airplane that will fly Jews home to Israel, thanks to our partners and friends, are the wings of eagles that the Bible talks about. We are so blessed to be alive during these times and to be part of God's prophecies each in our own way. No matter how hard things might seem right now, we need to remember that better times are coming and the best is yet to come. In Isaiah 43, we read a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. In our times, we're being called to prepare the way for God, to prepare our hearts and to partner with God in bringing end times prophecies to fruition. This week, take some time to think about how you can be a part of the miraculous times that we live in. Can you pray for the peace of Jerusalem in your daily prayers? Could you contribute to God's purposes in Israel or become a partner in bringing Jews home to Israel? Or maybe you're being called to strengthen your faith or the faith of others by acknowledging the prophecies that have already come true and believing for the prophecies that are yet to unfold. No matter how we participate in these prophetic times, I pray that all of us will merit to see the ultimate prophecy with our own eyes, the day when, as Zechariah says in 49, the Lord will be king over the whole earth. Shavua my friends. Have a wonderful week from here in the Holy Land. Thank you for listening to the Nourish Your Biblical Roots podcast. If you like what you have heard, visit me at mybiblicalroots.org for more of my teachings, videos, blogs, and books. You can also follow me on Instagram at yael underscore Eckstein or on Facebook at yael Eckstein. Shalom and see you next week.